From the beautiful city of Hollywood, we bring you Film Forward, the official podcast of the Los Angeles Diversity Film Festival. Hey, hey, welcome to Film Forward, everybody, the official podcast of the Los Angeles Diversity Film Festival. Today, we're joined by LADFF alum Emily Claxton as she discusses her new project, Dog On. The film falls under the SAG Short Project Agreement and has been approved by SAG-AFTRA. So on today's episode, she's going to discuss her writing process, the heart of her story, pre-production, which includes her uh, crowdfunding campaign that you can donate to from now until September 15th. That's enough for me. Enjoy our interview with my friend and yours, Emily Claxton. All right. Welcome back to the show, writer-director Emily Claxton. Emily, how the hell are you doing? <laughs> I'm doing really well. It's so wonderful to be back on this podcast talking to you after three years. Has it been that long? I have no idea. It's I I didn't even I <laughs> can't even believe anymore? I've been doing this podcast for three years, let alone it's been three years since you've been on. That is the that's <laughs> the crazier thing. Good lord. <laughs> I know. I don't know what what even happened in those three uh, years. A global pandemic, allegedly. Uh <laughs> Just kidding. It was real. I'm not, I'm not a, I'm not an anti, I'm not a conspiracy theorist, everybody. What a way to, to come out <laughs> and tell the world how you really, really feel about it. Um, and it's coming back for a sequel this summer, everybody. Um, oh my gosh. Get those masks back But out. that's not what we're here to talk about. What we're here no. to talk about is uh, a film called Dog On, which uh, you are going to be making later this year. Um, and so <clears throat> here's a little peek behind the curtain for the audience. You and I are in a, uh, writer's group together, which, uh, I think has been great for both of us, yeah. great for both of our crafts. And, um, it's been, it's the, been best. the best and doggone was kind of the catalyst for this group because you organized a table read, uh, of an early draft of this script. And then uh, you and I and another uh, mm -hmm. fine gentleman, Daniel Reiser, said, hey, let's make this a regular thing. Uh, so we've got Dog On to thank for that. And over the last year, you've been yeah. sharpening this script into the tremendous piece of work that it is now. Um, so <laughs> why don't you give the audience a little, a little pitch about this, this Dog On, Dog On? <laughs> uh, sure. Thank you. I will tell tell the story. Um, so Dogon is the story of uh, Jamie, an aspiring artist who is almost 30 and hasn't seen her career take off in the way that she thought it would. She's been working survival jobs. Uh, when we meet her, she's getting fired from a coffee shop. Um, and she has a best friend and roommate named Saf who on the flip side, is actually seeing her career take off. She's a musical artist. She's got some singles out. She's about to release her album. Basically, she's about mm -hmm. to get really big, uh, which, of course, is causing a wedge to form between them. Um, so Jamie's just got fired. She's got to make rent somehow. And a quote-unquote friend from art school uh, begrudgingly gets her a gig dog-sitting for her wealthy publicist named Natasha. Uh, and Jamie has never taking care of another living thing. She can barely take care of herself. Um, but she actually finds out she's a little 
she's kind of good at it. She finds herself bonding with the dog. It's a little Pomeranian named Rue. Um, and she just has to watch it for a weekend. Um, Natasha even expresses some interest in her art and things look like they're finally going in the right direction until Rue gets dog napped. Oh my God. So, <laughs> so hence dog gone. Um, so uh, Jamie has to go on a journey and try and get Rue back before Natasha gets home. Um, and without giving too much else away, um, you know, when she finds the dog napper, she finds that everything is not as it seems. And this might actually be the dog's rightful owner. And uh, she's going to have to make a difficult choice. Drama ensues. Comedy ensues. (laughs) There's lots of ensuing. There's a drag show. There's chase scenes. There's so many things happen. Um, And uh, tying it all together is an adorable Pomeranian. It's a a big script. It's a loaded script. There's lots to love. Uh, There's lots... (laughs) Uh, there's lots to uh, lots of visual storytelling going on here, as well as great comedic writing. But uh, where did this uh, amazing concept originate from, Emily? Um, well, this idea actually came to me because I I actually had a friend who was a dog sitter, um, and they used to tell me about all the people they would dog sit for, all the dogs that they would watch, um, all the you know crazy houses they'd get to stay at. Um, and they were also a writer like me. I'm a writer and a filmmaker. And to me, looking looking at that from the outside, this looked like the perfect job, getting paid to hang out in someone else's house, hang out with a dog, just get to experience all these different lifestyles. And I used to envy it because I was like, oh my God, what an amazing job for a writer. Um, it just felt like there would be so much time to write and get inspiration and that just got me thinking about the relationship between our, our passion and purpose, our, our calling and what we do for money until we're able to get that off the ground. Um, so that's where the idea for Jamie came from. Uh, she's this person who wants something, but doesn't really know how to get it. Um, and the script came from thinking about how that would, how that would wear on you. What that, you know, when you're, when you're pursuing this thing that you love, um, what the rejection and hopelessness can do to your, your attitude and sort of what that fear of the fear of being left behind can do to your relationships. Um, and I'm just really obsessed with friendship stories, uh, and what it feels like to pass into different phases of your life as your career levels up, your circle changes, how you, you know, hold on to people through all of life's transitions. Um, and it's a comedy. I promise it's a comedy. I know this all sounds very heavy, <laughs> maybe a little too real. Um, but yeah, I, pro- I promise it's a comedy. A lot of my, a lot of my favorite comedies are, um, you know, are able to blend the, the humor and, you know, find the funny in, um, you know, in the, the real <laughs> human imperfection of it all. Yeah. Well, I think, I think the best comedies have strong, elements of truth within them uh, a, a, as mm-hmm. your script does. And I think that is, it's a very relatable uh, dilemma that Jamie's going through, not just for mm-hmm. uh, artists, even I think, you know, just as my friend always says, trying to make it in America, it is, uh, mm-hmm. it's uh, a, a very relatable um, conflict um, where, where mm-hmm. we stand in our, in our world. So you've been, uh, as we talked about, you've been writing this script and sharpening it for, um, 
uh, just over a year, which for our listeners, this is how long it takes to, to write a script. You know, it's not just like, oh, you boom, you write it, bada bing, bada boom, draft after draft after draft. Um, you know, it, it, it also placed at the Austin Film Festival, one of the uh, most uh, prestigious uh, screenwriting competitions in uh, the entire world. So it's been it's it's had that landmark uh, through its journey. But at what point did you say to yourself, Emily, it's time for us to, uh, quote unquote, stop writing? You never really stop writing, but it's time for to take this story from script to screen. It's time to move forward and uh, roll camera. Yeah, <laughs> I will. I have to correct you. I've been working on this script for over two years. Oh, wow. That is longer. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I just, I just looked that up. I was like, when was my first draft? Oh yeah, it was over two years ago. Um, I've never spent that long on a short script. And, you know, I'm, I'm very glad that I did spend all of that time with this, but it was kind of a, just, you know, the universe um, forced me to spend so much time mm-hmm. on it. Because when I started writing, um, I actually had a, I had a producer friend who really loved the idea and was like, we're going to make this basically on draft two. And I was like, my God, all right, great. Um, That had been my pattern. It was like, okay, great. We're going to take a short idea. We're going to get it done quickly with whatever we have on hand. Just try to, you know, learn and grow from the experience, build a reel. Um, Because I I truly believe that, especially in the world of shorts, that the short films are making you the filmmaker. Right. Um, But luckily, I mean, it, it really didn't feel lucky at the time, but in retrospect, it was lucky that the, that producer actually basically left independent filmmaking for the time. So the idea of shooting it was just gone. Um, but I still loved the script that I'd written. Um, and people were so excited about the idea. So I just kept writing it with the attitude of I'll never make this. So why not just go for it? It's, it's too big to be a short, it's too contained to be a pilot. Maybe it'll just be a writing sample that, you know, that I love. So I just stuck with it and didn't worry about how I'd make it. Um, and every draft just kept getting richer and more complex and more interesting. And it went to Austin, which was so incredible. And then, um, eventually after draft like 20, um, the notes I was getting sort of shifted and they started to feel like notes for the director instead of the writer. It was like, you know, line tweaks and alts and blocking ideas and cinematography. And, and that part of me started to get really excited about what it could be if I, if I put that director hat on and I started getting excited about the opportunity to work with other people, to bring in cinematographers and producers and actors and see it on its feet. Um, So basically I just declared it one day (laughs) and every time I declared it, uh, the response was, yay, that's great. I can't wait. So I just followed the positive feedback and now we're here. Now we're here. <laughs> Knee deep in a Kickstarter campaign. We're casting. We're shot listing. We're location scouting. It's all happening. Um, but a, a major goal for this is for me to make a big short, something really challenging, uh, and I really want to see what I can do with a bigger budget and a bigger story. And um, so now, every day when I hit that moment of, oh my god, this is so hard, it's literally all my fault. <laughs> Well, uh, yeah, I mean, it's, uh, but you, you, as you say, you've, you've, I think you kind of mastered the, uh, one location, very small budget shorts. And, uh, Mm -hmm. I think that that this, this script deserves to be, uh, on the big screen. Uh, and, uh, it's time for, for you you to take the next step and you have the talent to kind (laughs) of go out there and, and, and make something like this. And, 
And as you mentioned, also, you have uh, uh, an incredible team that you've assembled. I kind of want to talk about some 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 of the some of the yes. key players uh, involved. Do you uh, let's talk about uh, Patrick, your your cinematographer. Oh my God. Yes. Um, you said it, the script is like a catamari. It just like keeps like rolling along, picking up amazing people and it's just getting bigger and bigger. And, um, and Patrick is amazing. Uh, Patrick Uziel is my cinematographer on this project. Um, I've worked with him exclusively on commercial projects so far. So this will be our first narrative collaboration. Um, and I just really love how he's so, he's so detail oriented and technical and he's obsessed with preparation, but he also prioritizes narrative and emotion above all else. Um, he's just serving the story, uh, all at all times. Um, and he's also just maybe the the calmest presence on set that I've ever encountered. (laughs) Even when we're like racing against time to get the shot, he's just so even keel and just kind and organized. Yeah. He, he, he's amazing. Highly recommend working with him. Absolutely. And you have one of my favorite people to work with uh, of all time, uh, the amazing and brilliant, uh, your production designer, Caitlin, who has PD'd for me, PD'd for, uh, for my wife and, uh, and is also uh, my my pickleball uh, partner as well. So, um, yeah, yeah, it's, that's an important, it's pretty serious. It's pretty serious. (laughs) yeah caitlin is incredible she um i i've also she's she's also new i I haven't worked with her before um but just immediately right off the bat she just came to this project with so many ideas and um she actually has a, a background in in fine art and photography so she's so perfect for this project because there's so there are so many different artists and art styles in this film. It's a, it's about an artist. Um, so we have Jamie's style, which is very pop art, comic book influenced. And then there's, there's an art show that another character is curating that's more postmodern. And there's a drag show set to a song that's a blend of metal and pop. And um, Caitlin is able to take and organize and work in all these different styles and um, just, you know, scale up, scale down to the, the, the biggest sets we have to the most simple, just run and gun um, exteriors. Uh, and yeah, I'm so excited to work with her. Now the, the, the script is called dog on. So what everybody wants to know is let's talk about this dog. Give us, give, give, give us the news on <laughs> the this dog. Doggy. Oh my gosh. I'm so excited because the dog that actually inspired the character is going to be the dog in the film. Wow. And this is, this is just like, I'm like, this never happened. Um, I, <laughs> this dog is little white Pomeranian named Sochi, um, who will be playing our, our Rue in the film. And Sochi is owned by one of my, um, my old coworkers, uh, who's actually a, a VFX producer. She's a really amazing person. Yeah. She, she used to bring Sochi to work zipped up in her jacket and would like unzip her jacket. And Sochi's little face would pop out and it was like the best the best surprise when we're like working late or something you're just like you know and um he can sneeze on cute wow which is really really cute i i'll, I'll be honest i can't even do that 
<laughs> me neither. I, I, I don't know how he does it. She's, she's an incredible trainer, I suppose. She's just, you know, one of those, one of those people who works so well with animals. I wouldn't even let myself believe that the dog I wrote it, I wrote the part for is actually going to be the dog. Um, but that is happening. If that's not serendipity, I don't know what is. <laughs> that is the universe giving this film a big stamp. <laughs> One thing that, that just kind of fascinates me about creating a project, creating art is how much it can um, evolve. You know, uh, it evolves on the page. Mm-hmm. It, it then it evolves on set and then it evolves again in the edit and it just continues to become its own, its own beast. Mm-hmm. Um, so since you've been working on this project, as you mentioned now for over two years, um, how has your relationship with these characters morphed, changed, grown? Oh my goodness. <laughs> so much. I have just been living with this group of people. Um, it's like they're my roommates. Um, no, Jamie, the main character, uh, writing writing her has been so interesting. Um, in this film, one of my main goals is to create a story that is about a person undergoing a profound change, um, which I think is it's kind of tough. It's tough to do in a short film um, in a limited amount of time. I really want Jamie to undergo a profound change and to learn to look outside of herself um, and examine her effect on the world. Um, I think it's really easy when the world is beating you down to lash out and to blame the world and to, you know, to look at, look at every, everyone else for someone to blame except yourself. Mm -hmm. Um, So uh, yeah, I think it's, it's been really, um, one of the big challenges with Jamie is trying to strike that, that balance of keeping the audience with her, keeping the audience on her side at the beginning, keeping us in that mode of, Oh my gosh, like just, just getting beat down by life, you know, using humor as a shield, not really paying attention to whose feelings might be hurt. And then as she starts to examine her impact on the world and her behavior, we start to examine her behavior as well. So finding that shift has been really, you know, that, that has changed a lot. Um, just the way she, uh, she behaves and the situations that I've placed her in just so that, so that the audience can feel, oh no, she's not, she's not being, she's not just being a jerk. Um, she's hurting. That's actually something that I think, um, I've learned about a lot of characters. There's a Jamie's sort of opponent in the film is a character called Natasha and, this is so, it's so recent, but I, they have this sort of final showdown um, and they're so different. And uh, Jamie basically has to convince, convince Natasha to, um, to give something up. And um, what I realized after draft, like after draft 20, basically um, is that they are just mirrors of each other and they're both doing the same thing. And Natasha is behaving this way because she's hurting and they are both acting out of the same fear and, um, you know, the reaction to, to pain and loss. Uh, Oh, I want to, I want to also say one character who I love so much, Saf, the character of Jamie's roommate and best friend, 
she's someone who in earlier drafts, people were actually giving me the note to take her out of the story completely. And I just, I just couldn't do it because the relationship between these two best friends to me is the emotional core of the entire story. Um, so developing Saf and working on her and digging into the relationship between Jamie and Saf really propelled the story in different directions and made it what it is. Well, my friends, if you want to see Doggone as much as I do, you can help make it happen by visiting doggoneshortfilm.com. That's D-O-G-G-O-N-E shortfilm.com. And for your donations, there's all kinds of perks available, fun gifts as a token of the filmmaker's appreciation. So once again, that's doggoneshortfilm.com. Donate to this crowdfunding campaign so you can see this film on the big screen with us. Uh, we're going to take a quick break, everybody. But when we return, Emily is going to discuss some of the films that helped inspire her amazing project in our favorite segment, Gimme Three. We'd like to take a minute to talk about LADFF sponsor E-Minutes. E-Minutes is a corporate entertainment law firm that handles the corporate minutes for more than 38,000 entities involved in the entertainment industry. Like last year, they're sponsoring an award with the Los Angeles Diversity Film Festival called the Emerging Filmmaker Award. You can learn more about our partnership with E-Minutes Arts and their mission to amplify the voices of underrepresented storytellers at eminutes.com forward slash arts. That's eminutes.com forward slash arts. All right, welcome back to Film Forward, everybody. We're talking with LADFF alum Emily Claxton as she's revving up for her new short film, Dog On. Right now, she's going to hook us up with three films that have inspired her, inspired her work. Emily, let's get your first pick. Well, I, my first pick is Bridesmaids because I love this movie. Um, I think it's just it's just so amazing. I um, I think it came out when I was like a, I, I was like a senior in high school. Um, and I, I don't know, I, there was something about seeing the, the poster of just all these women that I, I don't know, it, it felt, it felt really important <laughs> at the yeah. time. Um, you know, as a young woman filmmaker, I know now, you know, the representation of women on screen has, has gotten a lot better, but it just, it was, it felt, it felt very different back mm -hmm. then in a, in a strange way. And, uh, they're all so incredibly funny. You know, I, I think it's pretty, the, the comp to doggone is pretty clear. Um, if once I start talking about the relationship between the two main characters, just the relationship between Kristen Wiig and Maya Rudolph's characters in the film is just it's so, it's so lovely. And, uh, Kristen Wiig's character is so well-crafted, uh, and so relatable. I, yeah, I, I love the arc of it. The cupcake scene. Yeah. <laughs> it always, I, I, gosh, I love the cupcake scene so much. It always makes me cry. Um, but like, and in the middle of a, of a comedy of an incredible comedy that just makes you laugh the whole time. There's just these beautiful little moments and these great characters. I love uh, Melissa McCarthy is just ridiculously funny and talented. Um, and she also is able to give the best, most, you know, poignant speech where she shakes Kristen Wiig out of her spiral of self-sabotage. And it's got puppies. 
and it's got puppies. It's got like 10 puppies. <laughs> so yeah, this is very, <laughs> this is a, there's a lot of, um, a lot of similarities. Oh my God. John Hamm is so funny. Yeah. It's just such a perceptive movie. It's, it's so perceptive and it's so enjoyable. And they had the writers on set the whole time, changing the dialogue, trying things out. They just built this team of, of really talented writers and, and improv performers and just put them together and just had the attitude that the film, you know, the, the script isn't, the script isn't done until the film basically premieres, you know, like you're always working on it. You're always able to, to beat the joke and to, um, keep it going, make it better. Um, which I think is really cool. Let the writers be on set. Yeah. Uh, my Rudolph is my hero. Uh, and they always say, don't meet your heroes. But I met Maya Rudolph. I had the pleasure of working with her for a total of two days. And it was amazing. Dream. (laughs) She is incredible. Oh, yeah. Have you seen Loot? Have we talked about this? Loot? Is that the show that she did? That's the show. I haven't seen it yet. No. She's she's just so good. She's good. Everything she does. Uh, Best power (laughs) couple in, in Hollywood, her and Paul Thomas Anderson. Uh, Bridesmaids. If y'all haven't seen it, check it out. It's available on some streaming platform, I'm sure. Or you can borrow it from Emily on Blu-ray and watch it in in uh, you know with better picture and sound quality. Just call up Emily, you know, donate to the crowdfunding campaign, and she will she will personally deliver Bridesmaids to your house. That's one of the perks. <laughs> yes, must must live, live in, in the US LA <laughs> for you to <laughs> deliver. <laughs> uh all right your second pick before i start keep promising (laughs) you for delivery services (laughs) i know it just by the end of this we promise everything (laughs) hey man we got we need that budget um second pick is uh francis ha yeah my favorite noah bombeck film me too i love it i also i i think of it as a greta gerwig film i know i i know that she um improvised so many of the lines and was she is she is the heart and soul she is the heartbeat of that film yeah she yeah seriously that performance is is phenomenal i love that i love that they have this this creative character who um who really really doesn't want doesn't mm-hmm. want the world to change she's she's holding on to holding on to everything as it is i think that's that's so relatable and just that that idea that like I have my I have I have my friends I have this I have this perfect mess of a life and I love it so much and then of course you know things change and uh and her relationship with Sophie is just so so wonderfully portrayed <laughs> and patch the boyfriend it's 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 just a really wonderful film and and it's shot on a 5D I can't believe like watching it the cinematography is so creative and clever and beautiful and um i was patrick and i were actually watching it together recently and we kept we kept going oh my god that entire yeah. scene is just one shot like it's just carefully mm-hmm. perfectly blocked and you know they just they just let it run and they let the performances go and and yeah it's it's just it's a stunning special film and I, I really love it. The scene where she's yeah. running down the street and like modern love is playing. I just, it's, it's, 
it's amazing. Francis Ha, check it out. Yeah. Uh, if you haven't Francis seen Ha. it, I would say uh, keep an eye out at your local repertory theater because it pops up about every year, especially if you live in Los Angeles. It pops up at least once a year on the big screen at, at some repertory theater. So I would wait for that if you mm-hmm. have not seen it yet. Uh, if you have seen it, uh, <laughs> see it on the big screen again. If you loved Barbie, I want to see something extremely visually different. <laughs> extremely visually different, but thematically very much the same, and a lot of similarities between Frances Ha and and Barbie. Frances Ha is Barbie yeah. in New York. Uh, <laughs> your third and yep. final pick. Third and final pick had to have one about an actual like that involved dog napping. Um, is Seven Psychopaths, directed by Martin McDonough. Um, This movie just charmed me so much the first time I saw it. It's really, it's so so meta. (laughs) It just just feels like a bunch of conversations about writing stitched together in this incredibly funny, Ah. wild, wacky tapestry. I've never seen it. Yeah. Uh, I've never seen it, yeah. You've never seen it? Oh my gosh. You should... I have it on Blu-ray. <laughs> you can borrow it. <laughs> I don't have. I don't have Francis Ha on Blu-ray. I'm not trying to become a a Blu- <laughs> Blu-ray rental facility. But Seven Psychopaths is great. It's got Martin McDonough, or oh my god, I mean the character's named like Martin. Like it's it's literally him. It's like he is a screenwriter living in Los Angeles, working on the screenplay called Seven Psychopaths, and he's trying to like figure out who they are, figure out their different characters, and. Woody Harrelson plays this crazy mobster who's obsessed with his dog, um, Bonnie, who's a little shih tzu, which is like in, in a film full of hilarious performances, the performance of this little shih tzu is just <laughs> so iconic. It's just like, so it's, he's so funny. Um, it's just that crazy blend of very, um, it's very violent, but very poignant. And at the, at the core of it all is just a story of these two best friends. And um, another thing I really love about it, I'm obviously after this whole conversation, I'm sure everyone knows that I love a story where the main character realizes that they're the asshole and that they, you know, that they need to do better personally. It's not just like some hero saves the day and vanquishes evil. It's like, Oh, the evil is me. (laughs) I did the bad thing. And seven psychopaths is a great example of that. It's Colin Farrell, his character coming to terms with the fact that he's an alcoholic and that it's ruining his life. So yeah, there's, there's a lot of layers to it and it's just a wild movie that I, that I love. Three amazing picks, Emily. I'm going to have to check out seven psychopaths. I didn't know it was so meta. And now like I, Mark McDonough has been on a roll. So I kind of, <laughs> I, I got to go back to his, some of his earlier work, three amazing choices. Um, and my friends at home, the time is now. You have until 10 p.m. September 15th, that's this coming Friday, to donate to the Doggone crowdfunding campaign. Once again, you can visit doggoneshortfilm.com. That's doggoneshortfilm.com. Emily, thank you for uh, coming back on the show. Thanks for your recommendations. <laughs> Thanks for uh letting me uh, be a part of your, uh, your, your script, uh, what's evolution. <laughs> uh, and I'm, I'm uh, so stoked <laughs> to, uh, to see it come to fruition finally. 
Oh, thank you so much. It's so wonderful to come back on this podcast and talk to you and talk about these movies. And honestly, I mean, now everyone knows you're you're a part of my writing group. And so this film and this project wouldn't would not exist as it is right now without you and your um, amazing input and ideas. And uh, yeah, so thank you. I'll see you at writing group. Oh, we'll see you at writing group tomorrow morning. In fact, <laughs> <laughs> We're getting very specific with this episode. Yes, we are. Uh, but what the hell? What the hell? Uh, well, thank you. Thank you all for listening to film forward and we will catch you next time. Bye. Our recording engineer and mixer is Anselm Kennedy. The podcast is produced by Anselm, Sonia Maru and yours truly. Thanks for joining us on film forward and you'll hear us next time.